welcome to another episode of the Negative Positives Podcast. And now, coming to you live out of the Gutter Man Cave in beautiful Louisville, Kentucky. He likes his bourbon almost as much as he likes his Pentax. It's your host, Mike Gutterman. Hello and welcome to the Negative Positives Podcast, episode number 199. I am your host, Mike Gutterman, coming to you from the Gutterman Cave for the midweek episode. Episode 199. One episode away from episode 200 with the great episode 200 uh, Prazapalooza Prazathon Marathon Giveaway Love Fest. Uh, coming up to celebrate 200 episodes. Uh, this might be your last chance when you hear this to uh, get in on the prize giveaway. If you haven't uh, already sent us an email, send us an email to negpositives at gmail.com and give us your shipping address to get into the hat to possibly be a big winner, a big wiener for the 200th episode giveaway. Uh, I'm, this episode, the 200th episode may come up this coming weekend. Or depending on Andre's moving schedule to LA and my schedule with uh, having a uh, you know kind of a, a situation where I need to take my wife to a very important doctor visit, uh, I'm not sure if it'll happen this week, this coming weekend. If not, it'll happen the following weekend. But it's fast approaching us. The 200th episode giveaway, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, I'm actually recording this. On a Sunday, well, actually Monday morning, I just recorded the Sunday episode and uh, edited it and got it posted to uh, Anchor to be distributed and all the uh, podcast catchers and all that stuff. And uh, I went ahead and I'm going to go ahead and do the midweek episode now. Which is, you know, it hasn't much happened since the last time I recorded an episode because it was just an hour or two ago. So I don't really have any like new emails or call-ins or whatever. Because uh, tomorrow night I really want to go down to uh, the the gutter band space and play music. So I didn't want to have to record the uh, this midweek episode tomorrow night because I want to kind of concentrate on doing some music tomorrow night. Uh, so I'm doing it now, and it's probably I'm a lot of beers in, so I'm not sure if this is the best ideal, but this is going to be a short episode, so I, I've got a couple things I want to do. I get another call-in camera review in, and there is one issue I kind of want, one subject I kind of want to talk about, uh, but uh, one thing I, I do want to talk about right now, right from the get-go, I don't have anything to talk about my week because I just talked about my week a couple of hours ago for the Sunday episode, so, but... I will say this, uh, as we were putting away like Christmas stuff, uh, packing away all the Christmas trees, the Christmas decorations, putting them in boxes and, uh, getting the stuff back up in the attics until another Christmas season approaches us. Uh, you know, I looked at my attics and I look at my garage and I look kind of like this junk room we have, and there's just so much junk. It's amazing how much we accumulate as humans. Uh, especially the longer you're on this planet, how much stuff you can accumulate over a lifetime. And I've often heard like people talk about how clutter can clutter up your life in more ways than one. And like we're, it's such a material world nowadays, and we're so like caught up in buying things, consuming, consuming, consuming as consumers. And you know, it, it you look around, and you're like, man, do I need? Why does 
four people in this small house have all this crap? Where did it all come from? And I've heard people say that like decluttering your life, getting rid of things that uh, you don't need can actually kind of free uh, your uh, kind of put a weight off your shoulders, I guess is what I'm saying. And you know, a lot of times we go through situations where we're decluttering or we're trying to get rid of stuff and you, and like you make this pile and you're like, Oh, I don't know. I might need that one day. I might need that one day. And, but, and you keep holding on to it, holding on to it. And, and that's how you accumulate all this crap. And so it, it, I'm, this is going to, this is going to come around to photography, trust me. But, um, and so like, you know, like I'm just, I'm weighed down by like this amount of stuff. I have a, like about a quarter of my garage, the gutter man cave is like filled up with trash bags and boxes that we want to give away to charity, uh, which we need to do very soon, but we still have so much more that we need to get out of the house and, and just give away stuff that we, you know, have held on for way too long. And, and and it just accumulates and then next thing you know you're you're just drowning in crap and consumerism and wow this is this sounds like a real economic uh, political rant or something <laughs> but but uh basically what I'm, I'm trying to get at is is back to photography like uh i have boxes and boxes of cameras a whole refrigerator full of film and it's to the point now, and we've talked about this many a times, and everyone talks about this. Like, when I go out to shoot now, it might take me a, a couple of hours or the night before, uh, before I go out to shoot to plan on which camera, which film stock I'm going to take. And it's, it's kind of a nightmare, and I don't like it anymore. I kind of hate it. I've got too many cameras, and I've, I've got too much film. Uh, now, the film doesn't bother me too much because I'll eventually shoot it, but the cameras kind of bother me. I have, last time I checked, and it's probably been, it's probably grown since then, I'm hovering around 50 cameras, something like that. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I don't need all these cameras. And now, granted, a lot of them are just, you know, cheap point and shoots that I pick up at thrift stores or whatever, and you just pick them up out of uh, principle uh, to try to save them, and maybe you'll find someone you give it to or whatever. And there's a lot of that. But I have way too many like SLRs and uh, just I just got too much crap and it's starting to weigh me down and it's weighing down my photography. And I do want to use this year as a year to kind of like I'm not going to say I'm going to get down to 10 cameras, but I'd like to get down to like 25. Can I cut this down from like 50 to 25? I think I can with ease because 25 is still way too many cameras. Right. And. So, uh, you know, one thing we wanted to talk about on the Sunday episode, if Andre had, had been healthy enough, or had felt well enough to do it, we were going to talk about our 2019 uh, resolutions, what we wanted to do this year. And uh, I'm not going to go a whole lot into that because I want to save that till a time we can uh, delve into that. But, but I do think that this is an issue that I have that I need to deal with this year. I'm, I'm, I'm drowning in cameras and I sort of hate it. And uh, film-wise... Like, I'm not going to get rid of any of my film. I just like, I mean, obviously I like to give away film any chance I get because I've got plenty of it. Uh, but here's, here's an issue that I've been thinking about. I have like 20, 23 packs or so of the uh, Polaroid or actually the Fuji, uh, uh, what is it, the, F, the FP100C, uh, the, the uh, Fuji uh, color pill apart pack film 
uh, camera uh, film that I bought for the Polaroid land cameras that I have. I only have two Polaroid land cameras, but I, I bought like a ton of the stuff when it was getting discontinued before the prices really spiked. And I have like 20 something rows of it or packs of it, I should say. And it'll take me forever to get through that. I mean, to be honest, it's going to take me an eternity to get through that because I don't go out and shoot pack film cameras very often. Uh, so I'm honestly thinking, and maybe this is crazy, I'm thinking about like selling it, like selling it all. And I know this stuff is going away and it's, uh, it's you know, I, I might regret it maybe, but I feel like I'm, I might just keep like 10 packs of it. That's like what, like, I think it's like 10 shots a pack. It's like 100 shots or whatever. And... I think I might just sell it because I don't know that I'm going to shoot 230 or 250 shots of of this. I don't do it very often. I think just I think I might just pare it down to like 10 packs of the FP100C Fuji Pack Film Pill Apart Polaroid Instant Film. Just get rid of it, you know, sell it and um uh and just keep like 10 packs to myself and and just have a final like 100 shots of uh, pill apart film unless of course you know uh there's obviously been some waves here lately about uh pack film being uh uh, uh, sur uh surviving and there's a, a kickstarter now from a uh, uh you know that to, to revive pack film and so maybe it, it will continue but me holding on to 23 packs of this stuff when that's like a, something i may go out and shoot maybe one percent of my photography it's kind of ridiculous and and to be completely honest to you there's some guitar effects pedals that i need to buy uh for my new guitar pedal board that i'm assembling and i need some money so <laughs> i think i'm going to sell about i don't know 10 15 packs of that fuji pack film and get down to like 10 packs of it let some other people enjoy it why should it just sit in my refrigerator for a long period of time and maybe get expired or whatever <laughs> And, uh, and when there's no sense of me sitting on all this, I can, I'd be happy to shoot my last 100, uh, shots of FP 100 C and let somebody else shoot the rest of it. Cause it's going to take me forever to get to it, especially at the rate that I'm shooting photography now. And I'm not going to like price gouge. I'm not like trying to, uh, oh wow, this stuff's worth a lot of money now. I'm going to make a lot of money. It's not about that. I think I'll probably sell it for a really reasonable rate and, and just move it on and let somebody that uh that's kind of their main medium enjoy it rather than me sitting on the stuff for uh, uh, a couple of years until maybe it's not as fresh as it should be uh i think i think i need like 10 packs of it honestly to like get my fill of it and let somebody else enjoy it but just kind of a, a little thought i guess we all go through these things uh, when we're trying to declutter which is a new year one of our one of uh my wife and i one of our goals this year is to kind of declutter the house and and it's making me also think about decluttering uh my hobbies and my just my general my life in general because uh clutter in your life is can weigh you down right so all right well that's an interesting uh i don't know it, 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 this is an interesting first segment rant but uh, <laughs> So hopefully this all makes sense. I don't know. It's very late and I've had a lot of beers and I've already put up one podcast. So we'll see where this goes. But I'm, I'm going to take a break and take a listen to this and make sure it makes sense. And we'll be right back, folks.
All right, folks, we're back from the break, and this is a this is a subject I've been wanting to talk about for a while. It's uh, it's kind of been on the back burner for the last uh, I don't know so many solo shows that I've done uh, because I've like had a lot of house cleaning to do, so I've, I keep keep putting it on the back burner. But it's time to get it off my chest. It's, uh, man, am I am I sounding ranty? Am I, am I too ranty on this episode? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, what I want to talk about is photographing other people's art uh i think there's a there's a there's a thing in photography uh we're out taking street photos uh and there's like graffiti or there's like uh uh you know uh, uh street art or whatever and we're as in, as photographers we're always inclined to take these photos uh it's it's usually amazing stuff and i've got a lot of photos i've taken of it like if i'm walking the streets taking it to the streets of louisville kentucky taking it to the streets Awful Michael McDonald song, by the way, if you're familiar with that, if you're old enough to remember Michael McDonald. Uh, but uh, so when I'm, I'm taking it to the streets of Louisville, like if there's like street art, graffiti, I'm always inclined to take those photos. Uh, and there's been times when I have included those type photos in like art shows and whatever. And I always try to like put it in context of the building. I, I try to make a point to show surroundings so that just that person's art that street uh art or that graffiti or whatever is not i'm not just taking a photo of that um it's uh try to show some surroundings uh to make it somewhat my own art or whatever but i think it's a real conundrum uh as far as like uh photography as art or trying to sell it as art when you're taking photos of other people's art and uh uh, a, a good example is uh, recently, a couple weeks ago, I took some Polaroids in my brand, uh, my band's uh, practice space, the Gutter Band Cave, and uh, that that particular practice space before we were in there was rented by a couple of artists, and they painted everywhere. Like there's paint on everything, even like the rails going down the uh, uh, the steps into the building is painted. Like they, there was a pool table in there at one time and they completely painted the pool table and, and the felt and everything, which I think is going a little too far. <laughs> but but like, so there's tons of art all over like graffiti and, and paintings all over the walls and stuff and, and some cool stuff. So I took a Polaroid camera in there a couple weeks ago. And if you follow my Instagram account, you've seen some of these photos, but uh, uh, and you know, I took some photos of this artwork, and I'm a little like torn on whether I should do that or not. Uh, what I tried to do was focus in on certain parts of the art, not necessarily the entire uh, piece of work, uh, uh, but like focus in on some some parts and try to make it my own. And using the Polaroid and the inconsistencies of uh, Polaroid original film to try to add an element to it, uh, but it's it always makes me feel a little weird. And I, I remember when Andre was in uh, Louisville and we uh, uh, did a walk through uh, the kind of the Nulu area of Louisville. It's kind of a an area that's been revitalized in the downtown Louisville, Kentucky area. And there's a lot of like really cool like street art on the sides of buildings and stuff. And I took a lot of photos of that stuff, and and I've actually sewed some of those photos in art shows. But I tried to like put in the building, the sidewalk, or other surroundings to try to like make it my own, or try to use the light and the shadows to to try to feel like I'm expressing myself rather than just showing the artist's vision. 
that did these uh, street this, these street works or whatever. And I just wonder like how other people feel about this. I, I think it's a, a real issue. Like as photographers, we we you know we capture photos that our eyes uh, are attracted by. And when you see uh, photos like street art or graffiti, that it's really hard not to take those photos. But can we claim those as our own art? And I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the answer is on that. I feel like the way to do it is to try to capture surroundings uh, and try to, uh, uh, you know, try to, uh, I don't know, get a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? A, um, uh, try to, I don't know, get the, God, I can't think of right now. (laughs) Try to get the, basically just frame it to where it's your vision of that person's work possibly or uh or get just get the uh i, I don't know I, i'm really struggling here because I, I struggle with this issue i remember one time uh in an early art show that i participated in uh there was another photographer there and uh we were just standing there talking and a customer came up and i've, I've talked about this a uh, long time ago on an episode but a customer came up and they're like oh you're both photographers here and we're like yeah yeah and they're like, well, how do you describe what's the differences between your all's photography? And I didn't really know how to explain it. So the the other guy, the other photographer, jumps in. And he's like, well, um, I, I, I'm I'm a I'm I'm more of a I'm more of a fine art photographer, whereas Mike, uh, he's more of a kind of a pop culture type photographer, and <laughs> which I thought was the most uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was very. Uh, uh, um, I, very, I, I don't know. I thought it was very, uh, kind of an asshole kind of thing to say, <laughs> but, but at the same time, I, I don't really disagree with him. I think in a lot of ways I am, uh, kind of a, I do have a little pop culture photography in me, whereas he, but the thing was the thing that, that, that kind of bugged me about it was he considered himself a fine art photographer, but all his photos was like photos of statues and photos of like like busts, like cracked busts, and like art. Like he's basically mo- a good majority of his photography was photos of other people's work, statues, and and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, that's not the fine art. Was the guy that built the statue, not you taking taking the damn photo? Like you know, <laughs> like. But I didn't say anything. I let him uh, have his have his fun because I outsold him like three to one during that art show anyway. So I. I when it came down to money, I won anyway. So <laughs> that's an awful thing to say, right? No, no, it wasn't awful because uh, I, I, I let him insult me uh, because my wallet was a lot fatter than his at the end of the art show. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, I just it's uh, I think there's just something about uh, I just wonder how you guys deal with that. Uh, if you if you do art shows, do you sell those type photos? Because uh, I, I mean, I do them, and I, I've sold some photos that definitely had other people's work, painters, gr- you know, graffiti artists or whatever was in my photo, and I've made money off that. And uh, I kind of wonder if that's is that okay? Like, as long as I put my perspective on it, does that make it fine? I'm not sure. It's something that I deal with and struggle with, and I, I, I'd be I would love to hear other people's. Uh, uh, thoughts on this i mean i guess it's a little bit about i'm still trying to think of the word i'm thinking of uh uh i'm really struggling here guys <laughs> but but i guess as long as you put your spin on it um you put your um 
uh, I'm still still struggling for words. So I guess I just wrap wrap this segment up. But I would be I would love to hear what you guys think about this. Like when you're out taking uh, city shots where other people's artwork might be involved, or like their statues or or whatever. Uh, do you feel like it's your art? Uh, is is uh, is your uh, your your photograph, your vision of that statue enough to justify it as your art, or are you just simply documenting someone else's art? It's something I struggle with, and I would love to hear opinions. Uh, what do you guys think about this? So, uh, by all means, uh, give us an email or a call in or whatever, and let us know uh, what you think about this because I think it's a it's a subject I think we all deal with because we're, uh, you know, as photography photographers, we kind of document things, but also I think we, uh, there's we all kind of want to feel like we're being artistic, we're, we're expressing our artistic vision. But are we doing that when we shoot photos where other people's art is involved? Because it's something that happens a lot as photographers. So, uh, yeah, I would love to know your all's thoughts on that. All right, I'm going to take one more break and come back probably with a call-in camera review. And uh, so we'll be right back, folks. All right, folks, we're back from the break, and it's time to enter, I guess, a call-in camera review. And uh, if you want to send in a call-in camera review, it's very easy. We talk about this all the time. I know you guys don't know this stuff. If you want to do a one-minute camera review, you can do it on the Anchor app and send us a call-in on that. It gives you a one-minute kind of time limit. If you want to send a longer camera review, just uh, do it on your voice recorder on your smartphone and send us the file to negpositives at gmail.com and we will get it on the air. Uh, the next one that we want to put up here is another one from um, uh, Dustin Cogsdale, another one of his on-the-road camera reviews. This one's going to be about the Voigtlander Bessa R2A. So let's turn it over to Dustin and hear about this uh, fine camera. Hey there, Dustin here with another review for you. Today I'm going to be talking about the Voigtlander Bessa R2A rangefinder. This is a more modern camera. Uh, it was introduced in 2004 by Cosina under the Voigtlander name. It's a Leica M-mount lens body. Um, it's got a dual focal plane shutter. The shutter goes to two thousandth of a second and it has manually selected frame lines which is pretty cool. Um, this is also an aperture priority camera and it has an electronic shutter which means no battery no shooting but it does use popular batteries so that's not an issue you can pick them up anywhere um, and it has TTL metering a few things I like about this camera we'll start with the grip it has a very nice rubberized texture grip um, and the back has a rubberized textured thumb grip which just makes it really easy to hold on to. It just puts it right in your hand where you want it. It's, it's very comfortable. Um, the one two thousandth of a second shutter speed 
is pretty great because there's not many other um, rangefinders that can do that. Like, um, there's only goes to one one thousandth of a second. Just putting that out there for those of you interested in a Leica. This is a very comparable camera um, with a couple extra features. It has a super bright, extremely bright, and fairly large rectangle-shaped rangefinder patch. It has an exposure lock setting, small button on the back of it where you meter for your shadow, say, if you're shooting color, hit that exposure lock, hold it in, recompose your image, you're good to go. Um, it also has, in your manual mode or in your aperture priority mode, it tends to show you um, which shutter speed it's recommending or which shutter speed it's going to use. And that is indicated as an LED um, version of those letters. So the bright, you'll get bright red 250th, 1 1000th, whatever. Um, extremely easy to, to see even in low light um, or especially in low light, but even in bright light, you can see it well. Um, it's very easy to adjust rangefinder or the alignment for the rangefinder patch. Um, when I got mine, it was a little out of alignment. I looked up how to do it. It was super easy. There's just two or four screws that you unscrew and then the alignment is right under the hot shoe. Uh, but hopefully if you're interested in getting one of these cameras, that's not something that you'll have to worry about. Uh, it has a standard back for loading your film, which I think is super, super helpful and a big positive. Um, because everybody knows how to load film. It has an on and off lock. So you don't have to worry about running your batteries down. It won't let you take extra frames or, or take accidental frames because it has that lock. It's got a very quiet shutter because of the dual focal plane. Now it is a little tinny sounding because they're titanium or one of them is titanium. Uh, and the reason they do that is to keep from having there be um, spots burned into the shutter from the sun if you don't have a viewfinder or a lens cap on your lens. A couple things I don't like about this camera are the location of the strap lugs. It's just inconvenient. They, the front of the camera has these, it's almost beveled and that bevel is where the strap lugs are. So it kind of makes the camera sit at an angle off of your body, which is, it's not super comfortable. Um, it doesn't look great either. It just, it should have been on the side. I, I don't know why they didn't put them on the side, but uh, nothing to be done about it at this point. Um, the biggest thing I don't like about this camera is the plastic film lever, or the film advance lever. Um, I just feel like if I really cranked on it, it's going to break. Not that I'm going to, but I feel like if I were going to, it would break. But I recommend this camera to you for sure. Especially if you're like me and you wanted to try out the Leica M-mount rangefinder style cameras. Um, I wanted to use that M glass. It's legendary glass. Everybody knows Leica, um, but nobody wants to pay Leica prices. I picked this camera body up for $500, which is a quarter of what a Leica's going for. Uh, and I've got more features. I've got aperture priority if I choose to use it. I have a one two thousandth of a 
or one two thousandth shutter speed um, if I want to use that, which I have actually had to use a couple times. Uh, it, it just helps you shoot the faster films in the daylight uh, or bright light a little bit easier. Uh, it's a light camera. It's fun. It's easy to use. Uh, if you're interested in picking one up, I highly recommend it. This has been Dustin. You can find me on Instagram at For the Love of Grain. You can also find me on the Negative Positives Facebook page and on the Photography Francois Facebook page. Well, thank you, Dustin, so much for yet another on-the-road camera view. I always enjoy getting those. Dustin's been one of our most uh, illustrious members of the Colin Camera View, uh, I don't know, gang or whatever. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much, Dustin, for the uh, the Colin. And uh, obviously, uh, let's get some more Colin Camera Views. We're, we're still getting a little low on them. I only have like three or four left. So, uh, yeah. Let's, let's get that stockpile built back up. I'm, I'm kind of burning through them. Uh, all right. So this is uh, kind of the end of this midweek episode. Uh, again, this will be the last episode you'll hear before the 200th episode giveaway, the Prize-a-thon, Prize-a-palooza, negative positives, love fest. Uh, just an absolute, uh, just, I don't know, a, a party of loving. Love party. But, uh, <laughs> and I'm, it, it, could possibly happen this weekend if Andre and I can get our schedules lined up. If not, we may be taking a week off and uh, uh, till we can do it properly. Uh, so it, it would be one of the rare occasions where this podcast will take a week off, but we'll see what happens. It, we, uh, it looks like Andre's schedule and my schedule might be a little hard to work out uh, this coming weekend with him moving to L.A. and and me having some uh, some issues I have to deal with as well. So we'll see what happens. If if this may be the last episode for a week or so, uh, and hopefully you guys can, uh, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? I don't know, but uh, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Uh, it could happen this weekend. We'll see. But if not, it will be a, a bit until we have the 200th episode. And uh, yeah, there's so much stuff I have to organize. I have all these emails. I got to make boxes. To put all the entries in so we can shake those boxes and andre has to have boxes to shake there's gonna be a lot of box shaking and just all sorts of just shake rattle and rolling going on uh to determine the big winners for the 200th giveaway again thanks to everyone who has entered thanks to especially thanks to all the fine listeners that are giving away uh, things as well to give to other listeners. Uh, I think that's what makes it more cool than uh, just Andre and I giving away some crap uh, is the fact that other listeners are willing to give away uh, some really good gems to other listeners uh, uh, and just keep this uh, community just as cool and uh, and as full as much love uh, as, uh, as possible. Love is all around us around here, right? So uh, it's awesome. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, I guess this might be the last time. This will be the last time I'll be talking to you till that 200th episode giveaway, and I will probably be uh, no more sober than I am now. So, <laughs> so, all right, let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, let's see. You can see my photography on Instagram at Gutterman Photo on Facebook at Mike Gutterman Photography. Uh, you can email this program at uh, negpositives at gmail.com. Um, let's see. You can join the Facebook group, the Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast Facebook group. And you can also follow uh, the account on Instagram, which is Negative Positives, mostly ran by Mr. Bryce Randall. 
If you post to Instagram all your fantastic uh, photos, whether it be of other people's artwork or whatever, <laughs> you can hashtag negative positives in your Instagram posts and hopefully uh, Bryce Randall might see it and highlight it on the negative positives Instagram account. So awesome stuff. All right. Uh, I'm not sure when I'll be talking to you all next. Hopefully this weekend. If not, it'll be the following weekend. Uh, so anyway, everybody uh, have a great uh, great week or maybe two weeks. <laughs> and we will see you soon. Everybody stay positive and shoot some cool film photos. Local Pollution on LRS 102. This is a brand spanking new Sunday night show where each week you will be exposed to the latest releases in modern rock. We will also highlight original music from the Louisville area. I am the gutter man and let's get started. It's the Dandy Warhols, not if you were the last junkie on earth. A gutter man cave production!